Thanks for checking out the One Church podcast today. If you are new to One Church and want to learn more about us, you can always check us out at imonechurch.com. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. Let's kick off a brand new series today, Selfless. I'm excited about this series. Uh, if you've got a Bible, turn to Matthew 5. Matthew 5, verse 13 through 15. Matthew 5, 13 through 15. If you don't have it, it's okay. We'll have it up here on the screens for you. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. Come on, just tap your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. He's talking about you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. Come on, tell somebody around you, say, he's talking about you again. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. If you're taking notes today, you can title this message, Bold in Witness. Bold in Witness. Lord, right now we thank you for the word of God. We thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd use me to speak to the hearts and the lives of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. Lord, I thank you that 2019 is going to be a great, great, great year in Jesus' name. And everybody said? How many of you make New Year's resolutions? Can I just see your hands if you make New Year's resolutions? Okay, I see some hands. Uh, How many of you have given up making New Year's resolutions? You're just kind of like, no, okay. Some of you are like, we just, I just don't do it anymore. You know, the thing is, is that we all make, a a, a lot of us, when we, when we come to the end of one year and we're entering into another year, it's a time to reflect on who we would like to become. It's like, okay, well, what did I do in 2018? What could I do better in 2019? You know, the whole thing about a New Year's resolution is actually good because it's looking at what are some areas that I need to improve, but I don't think you need to stop there. I think sometimes you need to go, okay, what did I do well? What did I, what did I do really well? But, but, but people always look at the negative and say, okay, I need to improve this. We actually, in our huddles, uh, our dream team huddle this morning, we asked, what is a, what is a goal that you have this year? And, and we just went around and basically what they were doing is, is that they're, they're making the new year's resolutions. And it's amazing because I did some research and I found out that the, the, the most uh, most uh, people do these new, new Year's resolutions. Number one, they want to eat healthier. Come on, how many people eating healthier in this place? So, uh, you are like, no, I'm not eating. I just ate donuts on the way in, and so there that goes. Uh, get more exercise is number two. Save more money. Uh, there's get some more sleep. Come on, you need to get some sleep. Uh, we've got some people that read, they, they want to read more. That's, that, was, uh, that was up there in the top. Uh, and, and make some new friends. Now, don't look around, okay? Just keep, stay looking at me. Some of you are like, that is me. I need some new friends. And so uh, there's get a new job. You want to find a new job. You're tired of working the same dead-end job over and over again. And then this last one was is to find a new hobby. 
Find something else to do. Everybody needs a hobby, right? We all make New Year's resolutions, but did you know this? That statistics say 80% of people who make a New Year's resolution will not make it to February. 80% of people who make this New Year's resolution will not make it to February. But here's what, so here's the thing, is maybe you've already fell off the wagon, you've stopped eating healthier, you ate donuts on the way in. Don't let people judge you because in February, you will have plenty of company, right? Come February, you, you, hey, you know, you always see these posts on the, you know, from people that work out, and they're always like, I can't wait till February till I get my gym back. I'm like, don't judge me. Who are you to judge me, right? I'm in the gym for a couple of weeks. Don't, don't, it's not gonna hurt you that much. And so 80% of people who make New Year's resolutions stop by February. But I got to thinking about it and New Year's resolutions are always geared towards me. They're geared towards making me better, making me healthier, come on, making me stronger, making me wealthier, making me smarter. Huh? They're geared towards that, right? Making me uh, have a happier life by getting a new job, making some new friends, enjoying myself a little more. It's always about me. So I got to thinking, there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with improving yourself. There's nothing wrong with making yourself better or growing as a person. But I got to thinking about it. What if we just took one thing and instead of it being about us, we made it about others? Instead of saying, you know what, I need to become better at doing something else to help somebody else that's around me. I want to become better at that. I don't want to just make it about me. I want to make it about others. See, because the Bible says that you are the salt of the earth, that you are a light in the darkness, that you are a city that's set on a hill. Can I tell you right now, to, per, to move the gospel forward, God has no plan B. You are it. It does not belong to your pastor. It does not belong to our missions pastor. Absolutely, do we do this? Yes, we do this. But the truth is, is that it belongs to you. I will tell you this, that when you become a Christian, you become a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You might not get paid for it. You do a regular job. You work a regular job. That's totally fine. But I can tell you this, that you will go places that I can't go. You will talk to people that will never come through these doors. That's just the way it is. And here's the thing, is that what if we started moving the focus from just me to others? To making our communities better, to making our workplaces better, to making our families better. What if we resolve to say, you know what, I'm not going to just focus on me. Absolutely, I'm going to do some things to make me better, but I want to help some people around me. I think one of the greatest ways that we can do this, and it's one of the simplest ways, but we make it way more complicated than it should be, is in sharing our faith and telling people about Jesus. And telling people about what he's done in our lives and how he's changed our lives. But there's people, we get so intimidated by, for, by doing this. Like we just don't want to do this. And there's a couple of reasons why I think that most people don't share their faith. Is this, they don't, they, they don't think that they know enough. I don't, have, I don't know enough Bible 
to tell people about Jesus, right? I don't, I don't know, I don't have Bible verses memorized. Like I, I got, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I got that one down, but then from there, it just goes to shambles, right? I don't know anything else. I don't know what to do. And so they, they look back and they say, I don't wanna share my faith because what if they ask me a question and I don't have the answer to it? What if they ask me something and I don't know? Can I just set you free right now? Just say, I don't know. As a pastor, I will tell you this, that there are sometimes people will ask me a question and I say, I don't know. I honestly don't have any idea, but I will talk to people. I will ask, I will try to find the answer. I will Google it. Thank God for Google. Right? I don't know. And that is such a freeing thing. Here's the thing. Don't worry about telling people what you don't know. Just tell people what you do know. When it comes to sharing my faith, I don't know. I don't have everything figured out. I don't know all of Revelation. I don't know how it's all going to work out. I know this. Jesus is coming back. And I know this, that I am going to heaven. But can I tell you, this is what I do know, that Jesus forgave me, that Jesus set me free, that Jesus changed my marriage, that Jesus has helped me become a better husband, that Jesus has helped me become a better son, that Jesus has helped me become a better father. This is what I do know. So I can't give you every answer, everything figured out. I don't have it all down. But I do know this. Jesus changed my life and he can change yours. I don't know how it all works. But I know that he does it. And he does it well. The other reason why people don't share their faith is that they, they are afraid that they're going to offend people. I just don't want to offend anybody. Can I tell you that people are going to be offended anyway? If they got offended by that, they're probably going to get offended by something else. Uh, we're so afraid that we're going to offend somebody. I don't want to step on anybody's toes. I, I don't want, we, we picture in our head, worst case scenario. Like, hey, I just, I, just, I just want to tell you that Jesus loves you and that he cares about We picture people like picking up their desk and throwing it over. Who are you to tell me about Jesus? Right? We, we, we worry about offending people. We worry about upsetting people because we just want... I always think this, that if you are a Christian, you believe that there is a heaven and there's a hell, and the people around you know that you believe this, they should be more offended that you don't share your faith. Because you're totally okay with them going to hell. <laughs> you can go to hell and I will send you there. Huh? You're totally okay with it. You, you shouldn't, they should be offended that you don't share your faith. They should be offended that you don't tell them that there's a better way. They should be, even if they don't agree with it, even if they don't go with it, even if they never make a decision, for, they should be offended that you aren't willing to share their faith, your faith with them. Here's the, the thing that I understand, is that all of, everything, doesn't matter what, maybe that's not your excuse. Everything, when it comes to sharing our faith, the reason why we don't do it is because it's rooted in fear. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. 
And the Bible says this, I've called you to be a light in the darkness. I've called you to be a city that's set on a hill. Light isn't afraid to shatter darkness. Amen? Let me just say this, that we should always speak boldly about what we believe deeply. We should speak boldly about what we believe deeply. That kind of enters into a whole other thing is, do we really believe deeply? But we should speak boldly about what we believe deeply. You know, I've never, I can't tell you how many times I've had people come up to me and completely and unashamedly tell me about a Netflix show that they love to watch. Have you seen Bird Box? Oh my gosh. It's so good. You gotta watch it, right? I, 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 they'll come up to me and they'll tell me about a show. You need to see this. I have people come up, hey, have you seen The Ranch? If you get past the language, it's pretty great. Like, I, I've had people literally come up and tell me that, right? Here's the thing is that they unashamedly will tell me about that. How about this? How many of you have ever had somebody come up and say, oh my gosh, you gotta get these shoes? They are so comfortable. Huh? Girls, you gotta get this new makeup line. Maybe that's just in my household, but that is always in my household. How many makeup tutorials can one person watch? I don't know. We're finding out. And then you got two of them going. My wife and my daughter are both watching. It's crazy. But anyway. How about a restaurant? Have you ever eaten at? This place is so good. You've got to go try it. I've had people tell me about restaurants, and man, and they go on my list because I love good food. They will go on my list. Uh, uh, a few weeks ago, we went to uh, a restaurant to celebrate a great friend of mine's uh, birthday, M- Michael Martinez, and, uh, and we went to Fogo de Chow. I'm, I'm getting a little misty-eyed right now because... <laughs> Those, those people that serve in there, they're meat angels. You can't see their wings, but they're there. I'm pretty sure they hovered the whole time. I'd... We went into this place, and I was like, man, this place is so good. But, but I, I'm experiencing this, and everything's good, and food's amazing, and it's really expensive, but it's great to eat, and I'm enjoying it, and I'm, I'm having a good time. And uh, Michael looks over at me and he goes, hey, I have a good friend of mine and he told me that you have to try the bacon. And I was like, all right, bacon. I mean, I like bacon, but okay, bacon. Where's it at? And it's up on the salad bar. And so I go over and I get a plate of bacon. <laughs> Not one piece. Come on. This is all you can eat. And I got to earn every dollar that I'm paying, right? And so I go over and I get this plate of bacon and I put that bacon in my mouth. And I had just thought I had had bacon before. (laughs) This was crispy goodness on a whole nother level. They had soaked it in brown sugar and then put some red pepper flakes on top of it. So it was a little spicy and a little sweet and 
than pork goodness. Like it was so good that I could have literally just ate bacon for the rest of the time. I I was like, man, this is so good. The lady gave me the recipe. She's like, this is how we do it. Go home and try it. It's, it's, it's awesome. So here's the thing is the next day I go into work and I'm like, guys, the bacon. So I'm walking around, like I'm talking to different people. They're supposed to be working and I'm telling them stories about bacon. This is the best bacon you've ever had in your life. It will change you forever. It is incredible. And I'm going from desk to desk to you got and I'm giving them the recipe. I'm telling them this is how you make it. You got to go home and try it. If you don't get there, you got to go home and try it. And I'm walking around and I'm telling everybody about it and I'm about made my rounds. And I walk into uh, Ashley and Nancy's office and I'm telling them. And that's when a, another lady uh, that was, was in the office, she came in and she said, are you still talking about bacon? <laughs> and I was like, yes, I'm still talking about bacon. This was the best bacon I've ever had in my entire life. I am going to talk about this for the rest of my life. Of course I'm talking about bacon. See, here's the thing is I speak boldly about what I believe deeply. And I honestly believe that you can't get better bacon than what I had right there. Let me ask you a question. If I'm that passionate and I'm that bold about bacon, how much bolder should I be about Jesus? Bacon tastes good. Jesus changed your life. Jesus will set you free. Jesus can can absolutely transform if you speak boldly about Netflix shouldn't you talk boldly about Jesus if you speak boldly come on I'm, I'm telling you right now I don't get this right all the time there are times that I miss it there are times that I should speak up probably but I want to tell you that in 2019 let's speak boldly about what we believe deeply You come to church on a regular basis. That means that you believe that Jesus Christ changes your life. And then you get into the atmosphere uh, and the presence of God. It does something in you. Let's be bold about what we believe deeply. I love this. Ephesians 3.18 says, So that they may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, That means everybody. How wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. You know, the reason why we share our faith isn't to try to get people to behave. The reason why we share our faith is because we know that we are carriers of good news. And there's a God that loves them. There's a God that cares about them. There's a God that, that they can't even wrap their mind around how deeply and how wide and how high. They can't wrap their mind around how much he actually loves them. And that's why I walk into wherever it is that I'm going and I'm bold about sharing my faith. I don't preach it from a street corner, but I just say, you know what, God, if you speak to me, I will be bold enough to share my faith because I want every person to know how deep How wide? How high? I don't want every person to know a religious obligation. But I want every person to know how much God loves them. 
unashamedly. God loves you. Today I want to give you some practical ways to share your faith. Just some ways that you can apply this and share your faith. The first one is learn to love people in the process. Love people in the process. You know, I think that if we just make a decision to just love people on their journey, people would make the journey a lot more often. If we just love people, are you saying everything's okay? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that your job is not to convict them of sin. God's job is to convict them of sin. And if we just love people on the journey, if we just walk with them. You know, I worked at the fire department for years and years. And here's the thing is that I didn't, I didn't read my Bible in front of everybody. I didn't pray in front of everybody. I didn't do any of these things. But you know what? I just lived my life. And as I lived my life, they saw something different. And as they saw something different, guess what? They would come up to me and they started calling me Rev. Hey, Rev. Hey, Rev. And anytime they had something or a question or they said, hey, you know, I'm having trouble in my marriage or I'm having trouble with this or I'm having trouble with this, guess who they came to? Not because I preached the gospel, but because I was loving them in the process. And I knew that they had issues and I knew that they were messed up and I knew that they, they needed to work on a few things, but I did not talk to them about them that, that. I just talked to them about Jesus. Love them in the process. Just love them in the process. Jesus did this so well. He loved people in the process. Luke 19, verse 2 and 5, 2 through 5, excuse me, says this. Then I'm going to read one, two. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Now let me just stop here and let you know that there was sinners and then there was tax collectors. Tax, some of you are like, yep, still that way. <laughs> there's sinners and there's tax collectors. There's murderers and then there's tax collectors. A whole nother level, right? Tax collectors were the worst of the worst because they would lie, they would steal, they would cheat, they would rob, they didn't care. Whatever it was, they would take your money and steal from you. And here's the thing, he was very rich, so that means he was good at what he did. He was the best thief. And here this tax collector is, and he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. (laughs) (laughs) Roxanne. So (laughs) So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree uh, to see him. For he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus, I'm sorry, I'm going to get through this. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, you need to clean up. Zacchaeus, you're a sinner. Zacchaeus, you are jacked up. Zacchaeus, who are you? Who are you? To think you're going to look at me. You're a sinner. I am righteous. Get out of here. No, he says, Zacchaeus, make haste. Come on down from there. For today, I must stay at your house. Jesus doesn't say any of those things. What he says is, hey, I am, I'm, I'm good enough that I can love you in the process. 
come on down from there. Let's go eat lunch. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk this out. Let, let's walk together. Let's talk together. See, here's the thing. is the church gets the gospel in the wrong order. We will tell people, clean up, and then you can come to Jesus. But Jesus was always the opposite. Come to me, and I'll clean you up. I'll take care of you. I, you can't make yourself righteous. I can make you righteous. Just come on. Love people in the process. Love people in the process. You know, when we were planting this church and getting ready to plant this church, we would meet with anybody and everybody that would take a meeting with us because we wanted people to come. One day we met a couple at Chick-fil-A because that's where all Christians go eat and talk about church. We were telling them about the vision of the church, and we were excited, and we were, man, and, and the wife was on. Woo! She was like, yes, this is going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. I'm like, we are winning. We're, they're going to be in the church. And I mean, excited. The husband? Not so much. And so, just to kind of make the bridge over, I said, well, she's excited, but what about you? And he goes, no, not me. I'm an atheist. Oh, okay. And I, I could see like he was nearly like, he's going to come at me. <laughs> he's going to come at me. I, can, I, I was like, okay, cool. And I went on. Started talking about different, something different. And I got in the car, and he said this. He goes, she loves this, and I love her. So I'm going to be there with her just because she loves it. I was like, okay, cool. We'll count you in. We need hands. <laughs> Pop and drape ain't setting up and so. I got in the car and I told Crystal, I said, he's going to come to Jesus through relationship. Months went by. He just showed up. Just kept sit- He just sat around for a while. And then he finally said, you know what? I'm here. Can I help set up? Are you cool with that? He came to me and asked me. I said, yeah, absolutely. Get after it, man. Like, we need all the help we can get. A little bit of time goes by. A little bit more time goes by. A little bit more time goes by. And one day in a service just like this, Jesus showed him how deep, how wide, how high his love was for him. He raised his hand and he received Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. A few months go by. He gets baptized And here's the thing, is that that atheist is now our children's pastor. Why? Because I can love people in the process. I can walk with them on a journey. I can walk with them and say, you know what? God loves you and I love you and I care about you as a person. And I can't change your life, but I can walk with you and I can love you. What would happen if we just pushed him away? Love people in the process, man. Keyboard is a liar. (laughs) Number two, share your story with people. Love people in the process. Share your story with people. Matthew 5, 16, it says this, let your light, let your Let your story, let your testimony, 
let your life be a light to shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Just share your story with people. Share your story. This is what God's done in my life. He's changed me. He set me free. The last thing, and I've got to end. Invites them somewhere they can experience God's presence. Invite them somewhere they can experience God's presence. What you take for granted, they long for. Everything we do here at One Church is to create an atmosphere for people to encounter Jesus. Because I know this, that if they encounter me, they're going to be disappointed. If they encounter Jimmy, who's getting up and walking out, extremely disappointed. But if they can just see Jesus, if they can just experience his presence, changes everything my wife was in California visiting family and Saturday night her family's pretty crazy they're out there they're, they're pretty wild and, and uh, she was sitting around and they were having a good time drinking some beer hanging out doing whatever it is that they did and Crystal's just hanging out sitting there by them, talking to them. In fact, people would find out that they would be drinking their beer and people would find out that she was a pastor and they'd be like, oh gosh. It's like, it's okay. You're all right. And she was sitting there and she said, she told her uncle, she said, would you go, would you go to church with me tomorrow? He goes, I can't go to church. I'm too messed up. I've got way too many issues, Crystal. I can't go to church. She said, come on, just go, with, go to church with me. Just go to church with me. What's it going? Come on, just go. I said, all right. Finally, he agreed. Went in and said he felt really uncomfortable. He walks in, you know, he's like looking for the ceiling to cave in on him. And walks in and he sits down and Crystal's there by his side. And worship starts. And the moment worship starts, Crystal looks over and tears streaming down his face. And they didn't stop. He just kept crying, kept crying, kept crying. Pastor, at the very end of his message, like is what's going to happen in this message, he said, if anybody would like to know Jesus. And right then and there, he raised his hands and gave his life to Jesus. Here's the thing. He knew his niece was a pastor. He had even heard the gospel before. He had had people tell them, tell him about Jesus. But there's something about experiencing God's presence. There's something about coming into an atmosphere where two or three are gathered. There he is in their midst. And right then and right there, he experienced for himself how high. 
how deep, how wide, how long God's love was for him. And it didn't matter all the mistakes and all the failures and all the faults, all that mattered in that moment. God, I feel your presence. I know you're for me. I know you love me. Invite somebody to church. You never know what that moment by itself could do. As we go into 2019, maybe if you're a Christian in this place, can I just challenge us? Let's be bolder in our witness. Whatever that looks like for you, let's just be bolder in our witness. Maybe that's giving somebody a simple invite that we have out there on the table. Let's do that. Maybe it's inviting somebody on Facebook. Let's do that. Let's be bold in witness. Maybe it's sharing your faith with your coworker. Maybe it's telling somebody else randomly about Jesus. You're a light in the darkness. You're a city set on a hill. Let's love people in the process. Let's share our story. Let's invite people to come so they can experience God's presence for themselves. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord, right now, I just thank you that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. We thank you that your grace and your mercy are new every morning. And Lord, today, I pray that you would give us boldness. Boldness to share our faith. Boldness to tell our story. Boldness to invite people to church so they can experience what we experience. Your presence. Lord, I thank you for it. I thank you for it. Maybe you're in this place and you don't know Jesus. You never ask him to be the Lord of your life. But just like Crystal's uncle, you you know his presence is here. He loves you. Love is deeper for you than you could ever imagine. It's higher than you could ever reach. It's farther than you could ever see. It's not religion, it's relationship. If you say, Brian, that's me, I need Jesus in my life for the first time. Maybe you're here in this place and you say, Brian, I prayed that prayer, but I've walked away from Jesus and today I want to rededicate my life to Him. I want to ask him to be the Lord of my life again. He's not mad at you. He loves you, friend. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I won't embarrass you. I won't call you forward. And if you'd say, Brian, that's me. I need Jesus in my life for the first time, or I'm rededicating my life to Jesus. I'm going to count to three, and when I hit three, I want you just to slip your hand up. You can put it right back down. No one's looking. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you come to the front. This is a private moment between you and Jesus. And you say, Brian, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. One. It's 2019. Jesus is becoming a priority. Two. Three. Just slip your hands up and you can put them right back down. Amen. 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 
Can we pray this prayer together as a church family? Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Take my sin. And by your grace, take your righteousness. I make you the Lord of my life. I give you all that I am. I hold nothing back. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, give it up for every At One Church, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you would like to contribute financially, you can go online to imonechurch.com slash give. If you chose to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior or rededicate your life to Him today, then you can text decided to 33733 so we can celebrate with you. Thanks for listening and have a great week.